You make man like me? No. Woman. Are you one of the fight? Fight, fight, fight. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome, Craig. Welcome to Frankenpod. Frankenpod, episode three. Bride of Frankenstein. James Wales, 1935. Horror comedy classic. That's right. Bride of Frankenstein. The Bride of Frankenstein. With the ever-popular... What's his name? Dr. Pretorius. Yes. They only say his name 30,000 times in the movie. (laughs) Dr. Pretorius is introduced a solid 18 times. (laughs) It's uh, very interesting, and rightfully so. He's a great character, so... Yeah, I think I I might make a supercut of all the times they say his name in the movie. (laughs) Tell him that Dr. Pretorius is here. Dr. Pretorius? Pretorius? What, what, what What was the name? Dr. Pretorius. It's Dr. Pretorius. Pretorius? Dr. Pretorius. This is Professor Pretorius. I am also a doctor, Baroness. He's a very queer-looking old gentleman, sir. By the way, side note, did you realize your T-shirt glows under blacklight? Uh, I did not, but my socks also do. Oh, look at that. I have Mad Ball socks on and a Skeletor shirt on, and they all glow in the blacklight. That's right. We are in Jeff's studio... And it's very fancy. It's much different than where we normally podcast. So, that's right. We're all the lights. It's a, I like to keep things weird. You can hear all the uh, the cicadas outside too. Oh yeah, it's very. It's not, it's not ambiance you're adding. It's <laughs> uh, it's the Tennessee. That's right. It's natural. This is the sound of summer in Tennessee. And uh, we watched Bride of Frankenstein on a fancy setup in Jeff's place where he projected it on the wall. And it was yeah. uh, a really cool experience. It was, it was cool seeing it that way. Yeah, it's like I have my own private theater. That's yeah, pretty nice. It was uh, quite fancy. Um, I've, I've never had the opportunity to see Bride of Frankenstein on the big screen. So that was kind of as close as it's gotten so far. So. Yeah, same here. And it's a, it's a new projector, so it... It looks very fancy to me mm. still. I'm very, very pleased with it. I thought it, I thought it looked really good on there. And we played it on Blu-ray, so the, the picture quality was really nice. It was tight. What is your history with Bride of Frankenstein, Jeff? I mean, I actually didn't watch the full movie until maybe like a decade ago. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'd always, I always knew the character with, you know... The, the bride hair. herself yeah, yeah the bride character but I didn't know anything about Dr. Pretorius or his little tiny people or anything <laughs> which is odd because like we said they say his name multiple times in that movie and he kind of like he just comes and goes he never he doesn't come back for the next no, one so. he's in no sequels and it's, it's weird because Dr. Pretorius is for all purposes the antagonist of this movie and an extremely important character. And yeah, he's never in any of the parodies or tributes or anything like that. It's kind of like he's strictly a one-off character. Um, whereas the bride has become very iconic. Yeah. And she has about five minutes of screen time, probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I was saying during the movie, there's that other character, the uh, the old lady. Uno O'Connor. Oh, okay. So she's Uno O'Connor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like she gets more screen time than any other actor in the movie, like, even more than Karloff, almost. Yeah, with her whack, wacky hijinks. Yeah. And she's a James Well player, because she's, I think she's in the old Dark House, but she's definitely in The Invisible Man. In The Invisible Man, she plays almost the exact same character, where it's yeah. just a very high-strung, you know, uh, comedic character. And I, I guess he loved her. I, I mean, he must, because he gives her so much, he lavishes <laughs> so much screen time. Because, like you said, um, her character called Minnie is, is her name but I guess she's kind of like a housemaid for the Frankenstein family I guess but um, she gets to be in the beginning of the movie she juxtaposes or she flips between the Frankenstein monster storyline where people are hunting him and Henry Frankenstein's storyline 
where he's bedridden and everything, she's a part of that story too. So she gets to kind of cross section between the two halves. Because for a while, they're two separate stories. They don't really converge for a long time. So I'm not really sure why she's the link that that was chosen, but <laughs> she is. She must have been really popular back then. Like uh, she's very uh, like cartoonish in her performance. Like her, uh, you know, seeing the monster, she's like, zoinks! What do you want? It's alive! The monster! It's alive! Ah, shut up, you old fool! You know, very like yeah. silly and. Well, I, I kind of wonder. I mean, and I did zero research for this, so this is all like hearsay and just us talking about the movie that we we enjoy. But I, I almost kind of wonder if James Well was kind of worried about critics of the original, and because there's always reports of like the original Frankenstein people like passing out and being disgusted mm-hmm. and leaving the theater and that sort of thing, and censorship in later years of cutting lines and scenes. So I wonder if, like, he deliberately added a little bit of comedic, over-the-top stuff to kind of alleviate some of those fears of the audience, you know? Um, If maybe that's why it's so heavy-handed at times. Because, yeah, she... It's one of those things where I love this movie, and when I've shown it to people over the years, they're kind of like, what? What is this? Like, they're very (laughs) surprised that that this is a thing in this movie. Um, But there's a lot of overt comedy in it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a thing we kind of kept noting all the way through is mm-hmm. it's almost you almost have to watch it as a comedy in a lot of ways to kind of take it the right way I think would, would you say this is like the first horror comedy yeah that's a great that's a great observation yeah. I, I think you're totally right that it would have to be at least one of the earliest ones right yeah I mean 1935 we're talking less than 10 years into sound mm-hmm. so I think it's a pretty safe bet that it's got to be maybe the first popular one you know super mainstream one it's gotta be one of the first horror sequels too I can't imagine there were many before that um I think Dracula's Daughter it's technically a direct sequel to the Bela Lugosi Dracula Uh, I don't think it came before Bride though Uh, someone can correct me loudly correct me listeners (laughs) I'm ready the framing device I thought was kind of odd we're gonna kind of break down the movie a little bit because um, it begins with uh, Mary Shelley, like they, they yeah. do a flashback where they have the actor that plays the bride, Elsa Lanchester. Okay, uh, she plays the bride, obviously, but also plays Mary Shelley, and uh, it's in flashback form, and it's her talking to like Lord Byron and all this <laughs> stuff, and it's very like foppish uh poets talking and mm-hmm. she's all cross-stitching and they're in like very grandiose uh like period costuming and a very elaborate set with a fireplace and everything and they're just very like ha oh you wrote quite a terrible story i i don't think it should be published <laughs> you know and she kind of goes on and and then also, it's very like, how could such a woman make such a make, make up a story like this? It's, it's very, it's a very weird way to start the movie. Um, again, I don't know if that was kind of like, hey, this is fake. This is this yeah. is a made up story. Don't take it too seriously. And we're going to kind of gently tell you how it started. And it's a good way to summarize everything yeah. too. In the first movie, I guess they had the characters talking about it. So. It's a very different, like, intro than the first movie where that guy comes out and he's just like, it may even terrify you or horrify. <laughs> You've been warned. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this one, it's very like, hey, it's just, this is all fake, guys. Right, just, right. You know, let's, she's just making up a story. Here we go. <laughs> you know. And it came from this, this silly woman. How could you be scared? <laughs> how, could, how could a woman come up with a, a scary story like this? So yeah, it's very strange, and we get a, like a quick uh, flashback 
uh, kind of very quickly showing like cuts from the original movie and kind of bringing us up to speed. And we're reminded that uh, the monster killed a little girl, and that's what led to the townspeople hunting him down and you know burning the windmill with uh, the monster and Henry inside of it and everything. Um, and then we jump to, I guess, the current state of affairs or whatever. Yeah, it's like immediately... The movie takes place immediately after the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as the windmill burns down and they're, like, kind of looking through the wreckage, I guess. Yeah, because uh, the parents of the little girl that was murdered, the father wants to confirm that the monster was actually killed. Like, he's skeptical or maybe he just wants to, like, you know, have some peace of mind or whatever. And he's trying to get into the wreckage of the windmill. And <laughs> he falls in. And is immediately attacked by the monster, who is... Uh, <laughs> Karloff looks great. Uh, oh, he's, yeah. he's maybe a little more well-fed now, so he's a little heavier set and his face is fuller. But uh, the makeup is amazing. Jack Pierce really outdid himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the battle damage that he's taken on, yeah. you know, in the previous movie and getting burned and everything, they do a great job. Um, mm-hmm. and like you pointed out to me, you know, the, the hairline being burned back and having right. like the bolts kind of keeping the skull intact and everything it's a great touch yeah you can see more of the uh the stitching that holds like the flat top on you know the little brackets i guess yeah. on his head and they go all the way around which i had never noticed before I, i've always noticed the upfront ones but mm-hmm. uh you can see where his hair has been burned away and in the back of his head you can also see the the yeah. kind of clamps you know holding it down so then he like almost comically throws that lady down in that well. Like she, she thinks it's her husband, and she goes to like reach for his hand, and he's like, Rah! "Yeah, it's, like... <laughs> it's crazy." Like uh, this poor girl was was murdered, and then like I guess within twenty four hours, both of her parents are too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's kind of comical though because you know Frankenstein drowns them both, mm-hmm. and because uh, in the wreckage for some reason there's water underneath the windmill. There's an owl down there, oh, yeah. and it like keeps cutting to this owl that is like very like eh, whatever. Yeah, like it just does not care. Like, There's yeah. something nonplussed about it. It's really funny. Very <laughs> unimpressed owl. Like, <laughs> eh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, th- then it's kind of like two stories of the monster kind of wandering the countryside, very pastoral. Like he's going through, uh, you know, like uh, sheep herds and <laughs> waterfalls, and uh, you know this beautiful scenic. Uh, picturesque stuff and then uh, you have Henry Frankenstein back at the castle recuperating trying to get his life back in order and a new person is playing Elizabeth in this film she went from blonde to brunette Mm -hmm. and uh, she is still super understanding and seems to not hold any ill will to Henry for what he's done yeah it's also funny that 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 Una lady comes back (laughs) and she's just she does not make things any better. She's, you know, very over the top and it's just like, oh, he's dead. It's like, hey, you know, you yeah. might, people are grieving here. <laughs> and then he's not dead. And then she's like, oh, my God, he's alive. Just like, yeah, no, she when, chill out. When they first bring him, when the townspeople bring Henry back to his castle or whatever, to his home, uh, Una, or Minnie is her name in the movie. Yeah, she's like, uh, Oh, he shan't speak again. Like, you know, she's very just like, he's dead. And then, yeah, yeah, as soon as he moves a little bit, she freaks out, you know. Yeah, she's almost like almost like, like the town gossip or something. She's very dramatic. <sighs> but, I mean, that's her character. That's like, she's a comedic character. So it's supposed to be that way. But it's just really funny. Well, and then we have uh, Dr. Pretorius shows up. Who? Pretorius. Pretorius. Yes. <laughs> this man, Pretorius, he's here. This is Dr. Pretorius. Have you um, met Dr. Pretorius? Because this is Dr. Pretorius. I like to declare my name as Dr. Pretorius. Um, he shows up to Henry's house. Uh, I guess has heard the tales of the monster, and mm-hmm. that's why he seeks out Henry. Oh, yeah. And uh, proposes the idea of creating a bride. Yeah. I mean, he just pitches it straight away, you know. And I almost feel like the Dr. Pretorius's achievement in making these tiny people is even greater than Dr. Frankenstein's. And you're just like, why does he want to like take a step down and like sew body parts together well, when he's already like figured out how to create a, 
a human with, you know, You're totally right. I mean, he implied, and it's implied, or I think it's actually said that Dr. Pretorius is a mentor of Frankenstein's from, you know, his college years and everything. And he was kicked out of his own college as a professor because of the experiments that he was performing and everything. Uh, He says he was booted out. And so for 20 years or so, he's been working in isolation. And yeah, what he shows Frankenstein is, you know, these, these, this is what I've produced. And they're like all these miniature people. They're probably like a foot tall. Yeah. And they're fully functional human beings. They seem to be anyway. <laughs> uh, and he has like costumes on them and they have personalities and... And they seem pretty content to live in glass jars. <laughs> yeah, covered uh, by burlap sacks. Yeah. <laughs> he like puts little dark uh, cloths over them where they can't yeah. see, I guess. Um, yeah, and, and Frankenstein seems really skeptical of this. He even implies that maybe it's magic and not science. Because he says, this is more like black magic. He says yeah. something like that. So maybe that's where he uh, wants yeah. to collaborate. Is because he, like, he knows to go to the next level. He needs more science involved in his mm-hmm. experiments. Um, but he even says several times in the movie, Pretorius does, that he's created an artificial brain. He has a fully functional artificial brain ready to be implanted mm. in a body. And it's kind of like if he could build a brain, why couldn't he build more <laughs> organs or for what you implied, yeah. just the full thing himself? It's kind of yeah. odd. Um, but without that, we wouldn't have a movie, I guess. So Yeah, maybe he's like, uh, he, he can't figure out how to make a living person that's you know life size maybe he can only make tiny ones that way yeah it's funny when he first brings out like the case with the little beings in them uh when we watched it tonight i was like it looks like a little coffin it looks like for a second i wonder if audiences back then were like oh god he's gonna have like a child or like a little person (laughs) or something but then they're literally little people they're miniature people um which we never see them again oh yeah that's after true. that one scene it kind of makes me wonder like what what the hell happens to those little people that you know are they out there somewhere wandering the universal monster landscape <laughs> that's a that's a sequel they should explore <laughs> the children of Pretorius yeah. Yeah. children of Pretorius he's very uh, he's a he's He's a bit of a dandy. Yeah, he's very eccentric, yeah. and uh, there's lots of... I, I've heard a lot of, like, you know, little theories that uh, it's implied that basically he and Henry had some kind of affair back in the day. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's even why he was booted, you know, as maybe the scandal, oh. that sort of thing. And huh. it, it is kind of strange that Pretorius shows back up the night Henry was supposed to be married to entice him to come away with him oh, and do an experiment yeah. together and all this stuff and create create life yeah. two men creating life instead of you know man and woman creating life oh. that sort of thing <laughs> so uh and i and i've heard also that james well even though he was actually out he he was oh really yeah he was pretty much like elton john style open secret out oh. you know and back in the 30s and uh but his friends and i think even he said he didn't mean for it to be any kind of gay analog or, uh, right. you know, subtext. Like allegory. Or, right. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people point out, um, sometimes the author can say that sort of thing, but it's still there. You know what I mean? Sort of. Like, an author can claim, like, oh, I didn't mean to do that, but, like, eh, it's still kind of there, even if you didn't but, mean to, you know? Yeah, like, so, it wasn't, like, a conscious decision. It just kind of, like, came through the work. Right. There are a lot of really great shots in this movie too. Like, oh, it's yeah. a great looking movie, and a lot of shots of Doctor Pretorius that look super cool with like the lighting and then like the Dutch angles and everything, and just a lot yeah. of classic imagery. I think that uh, you know, well, James Well seemed to obviously he liked Karloff to a point, but I think he really loved Colin Clive mm-hmm. and the guy playing Doctor Pretorius um, because he just lavishes attention on those two guys. Like, especially yeah. as the movie progresses the angles that he shoots them at and the, the type of backlighting that they have and everything. It's very elaborate and it's much more like lovingly done than some of the other characters. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, I mean, Pretorius uh, has so many cool shots yeah. and just the, just the way his face is, I mean, it, yeah, it's very textured yeah. and like the lighting is great. The... And for the aspect ratio of the day where it's kind of that square, mm-hmm. he can fill that, you know that that uh, aspect ratio really well like yeah. at, you know at a certain angle it's like his forehead starts at one point and his chin starts like <laughs> leaves off at another it's yeah. really cool so they have all those like 
both of the labyrinth, like all the sets in this movie look really good yeah. too. Like they're like Pretorius's laboratory is a bit smaller, and he, but he still has a lot of like cool little uh, beakers and gadgets and things. But like, of course, Doctor Frankenstein's his whole laboratory is just super elaborate, like we've seen in the the previous movie. And yeah, well, in Frankenstein's house is extremely elaborate because yeah. I mean, when when we saw it up on the big screen or whatever, it's kind of like. It's amazing to think that it's on a soundstage, yeah. that, that, some, that they, they built these two levels. And again, when Frankenstein's monster is out in like the wilderness, like I mean, they, they built like a full waterfall for him <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, have all these sheep on the set and everything. It's, just, it's wild to think all this stuff shot on a soundstage back then. Yeah, and the, the fireplace in Frankenstein's castle or whatever right. is the size of the room we're in right now, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just this gigantic Very fireplace. Elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, there's all that that scene that uh, takes place by the waterfall where the girl falls in. Mm. Uh, he's kind of the hero, although he's also the one who kind of causes her to fall in. But uh, you know, because just being like a frightening looking character, she, he scares her. It's really her own like overact reacting to seeing yeah. him that really like causes her to fall in the water. But then you know he jumps in and saves her, which is like he's kind of a heroic character too. Even though I feel like any kind of anything negative that he does is always by accident, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like he like the character of you know the monster, you know is has a good heart and he's like trying to be a good person, like the he he comes across this like blind man, right the hermit yeah, yeah and uh, the blind man just treats him like a person and you know doesn't act like he's some kind of grotesque monster just because he can't see him you know. And, uh, you know, the monster is very affable and like yeah. he, they, he's instant friends with them and they get along really well. It's just like people's own, uh, fear, uh, kind of create this thing, uh, that isn't, isn't really true, I guess. Well, and, and like, also like the monster will not take any shit now. He will not suffer any shit. Because, yeah. like, the one part when he comes across uh, the, the people that are kind of in the wilderness, uh, I, I guess they're kind of supposed to be, like, gypsy uh, stereotypes, mm-hmm. uh, something along those lines, but it's like a little family. Oh, yeah, and they're cooking the little chicken, like over, chicken the over the fire. And Frankenstein's monster comes up to them and wants to eat and can't communicate yet, and they overreact, and they're like, get away from us! They start yeah. freaking out. And for a split second, he's, like, trying to placate them, and he has his hands up, like, oh, oh no, like, you know. Oh, I'm hungry. Right, yeah, right. But he, he doesn't say that, obviously. But. but as soon as they offer any resistance, he's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, he starts, like, <laughs> knocking them over and trying to take the chicken for himself and everything. Um, so I, th- I think there's a little bit of back and forth where it's, like, if someone reacts negatively, negatively, negatively to him, he will go from zero to a hundred you yeah. know what I mean and go into attack mode because he's just used to people hurting him so he's like I've been through this before they yeah. just start freaking out I'm just right. gonna grab this chicken and leave <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, it's kind of crazy how much a little bit of kindness will placate him mm-hmm. uh, with the hermit you know basically just offering a drink and a little bit of food and a comfortable place to lay down yeah I mean the monster's good to go and yeah. learns a lot really quickly from that guy so yeah and he's like a he's like a frat boy at a party. He just like he's like smoke, friend. Like you know, who's got the smoke? You're my buddy now. You know, like. So. Well, it, and unfortunately, you know, this relationship it's kind of un. We think it lasted for a few days, maybe. Um, it's it's kind of hard yeah. to tell how much time passes. Cause yeah, they don't really like give a good. I mean, in the context of the movie, it feels like it's five minutes, but right. like you know. It, Surely, like in the reality of the movie, it was, it was probably, I don't know, a few days, right? Because he, yeah. he teaches him how to talk. Yeah, I mean, the hermit teaches him uh, how to talk, a little bit about uh, etiquette, you know, about sitting down and mm-hmm. the order of, you know, you eat, then you smoke and that sort of thing. Yeah. And music is good and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then Dr. Pretorius takes credit for all of it later. It's like, <laughs> oh, yes, I was the one who taught him how to talk. <laughs> like what yeah you weren't even there dude nobody's gonna know that's what he's he's good to go so uh no one's gonna talk to that hermit but watching it tonight it made me wonder you know had these hunters not stumbled into the hermit's house 
and screwed it all up because the hermits, I mean, the hunters immediately are like, it's the monster, kill him! And they have rifles and they start, yeah. you know, freaking out. But if uh, those hunters hadn't stumbled onto the little cabin and the hermit had just been with the monster for like a year, mm-hmm. I wonder if that abnormal brain would have been pretty much back to normal. You know what I mean? I Maybe. wonder if, if he could have been more or less a regular person at that point and been all like, hello, my, yeah. my name's Adam or whatever, but we'll never know. Yeah, because, I mean, he, he it seems like he picked up, you know, the English language pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. And he already, like, understood everything everyone was saying, but, like, he just couldn't do it himself, apparently. Because there's that, really, like, if you can understand what I'm saying, put your hand on my shoulder. Yeah. Like, and he does it, so. It's funny, too, because in that moment, there's a moment where uh, the hermit forces, or not force, but he, he urges the monster to lay down and rest. And I feel like it's almost a callback to the original movie when the Dr. Seward character, the mentor of Frankenstein, whatever, the older guy that opens the movie, mm-hmm. um, he is like leaning over the, the monster when it's supposedly knocked out, like to look at it or whatever. And the monster like raises his hand up when oh, he's yeah. down and, and kills him. Like he, that's how he kills Dr. Seward in the movie. In this movie, the hermit is urging him to lay down and the monster's hand raises up when the hermit's like leaning over him mm-hmm. and it kind of like pats him on the back. And it's kind of like a <laughs> weird parallel between, you know, when he was new and didn't understand, he killed yeah. this older guy. But in this version, you know, he has like more compassion or kindness, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, he feels uh, a friendship yeah. with the old hermit. It's like literally the first person that treated him decent without wanting anything from him. Yeah. So, yeah. Our Father, I thank thee, that in thy great mercy thou hast taken pity on my great loneliness, and now out of the silence of the night hast brought two of thy lonely children together and sent me a friend to be a light to mine eyes and a comfort in time of trouble. Amen. very short period of time and that poor hermit his house is burned down (laughs) (laughs) the hunters freak out destroy his house yeah and uh his only friend in the world leaves him so and i have to say like i can't watch that scene and not think of gene hackman and that young Young frankenstein Frankenstein. where he's like pouring the soup all over his crotch and everything (laughs) it's so funny he lights his finger on fire too right (laughs) <laughs> fire is good. Fire is good. Yes, fire. Fire is our friend. Yes. I'll show you. I'll show you. Don't inhale until the tip glows. Gonna make espresso. Yeah, I mean, without kind of just detailing every beat, uh, Dr. Pretorius meets up with the monster, Mm -hmm. uh, is laid back as fuck about the monster just stumbling into his. Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's not phased by that monster at all. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea that, like, Dr. Pretorius is hanging out in his little laboratory, which is very gothic and has all these bones. Yeah. He's just sitting there drinking gin, laughing like a maniac (laughs) to a skull that's just, like, sitting on, you know, like a table or whatever. And that's what the monster wanders into. He's like, what? Like, who is this guy? Yeah, just like, laughing yeah. his head off. And when he sees the monster, Dr. Pretorius is like, oh, well, hello. Like, yeah. he doesn't even... Uh... He's like, I've been expecting you. <laughs> yeah. I figured you'd show up at some point, you big green lug. <laughs> have a Come, seat. have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's you like... like gin. Yeah, it's my only sin. Or something <laughs> says something along those lines. And Dr. Pretorius has one of the most famous lines in all of Universal Monster history, which is, you know... 
here's to a new world of gods and monsters, right? That's a toast that he makes to Dr. Frankenstein. And, I mean, that's, like... He's also the one that says the name of the movie in the movie. Mm. (laughs) Which makes little sense, right? Um, Yeah. You know, after they collaborate... Dr. Frankenstein obviously collaborates with Pretorius to create the bride for the monster. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is done with uh, the monster holding Elizabeth hostage, this poor woman who has done nothing but good for Frankenstein. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, when they present the bride, Pretoria says, ooh, the bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. right? And it makes really no sense. Like, does yeah. he mean you, Frankenstein, made this bride? Is that what he's trying to say? I don't know, because, so we watched a trailer, too, before, or after the movie was over. There's, like, on the Blu-ray that I have, it's got uh, a bunch of trailers for different Frankenstein movies mm. and we watched one for Brighter Frankenstein and they're already you know for the sequel they're just calling the monster Frankenstein in the trailer right so um, I really think uh, you know the people that you know like to be sticklers and really like come down hard on people for calling the monster Frankenstein you're being too hard on people. I mean, well, they even say it in the trailers and the movies and stuff. There's even a little, I guess it was a commercial that was like a little mini trailer or whatever that has um, Lugosi and Karloff playing chess with each other. Mm. And they're like squaring off and Karloff is all like, are you ready, Dracula? And <laughs> and Lugosi says, are you ready, Frankenstein? Like that. <laughs> so like even in like the thirties, like the, yeah. the characters themselves or the, you know, actors that play these characters were already kind of saying that. I mean, yeah. so, yeah. and if, uh, I mean, also if you think about it, if he's, you know, Frankenstein creates this creature, you know, he's sort of the son of Frankenstein making him also a Frankenstein. Like if you have a dog, you know, mm. you're going to name it. Let's say you name your dog, Bob. Yeah. You're gonna name your dog Bob, whatever your last name is. Like, could be. So, like, maybe Frankenstein's monster is really like Bill Frankenstein. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is sad that they never gave him an official name in this franchise. Yeah, they should have given him some kind of a. Yeah, I think Henry would have at least given him a little pet name yeah. or something. Cosmo Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, well, listeners should give us an idea of uh, what they think the Frankenstein monster should be named in the Universal franchise. That's a good call. What, yeah. what, what should they name? What should they have named the monster? Yeah, based on how he looks and what happens, that sort of thing. I, I was getting kind of like hints of Herman Munster in this movie uh. at times too, <laughs> like particularly when the they present the bride to him yeah. and she's like freaking out and he's like. <laughs> Like he's all like disappointed, <laughs> he's like deflated. Even the woman you made for me yeah. doesn't like me. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, the monster. It's it's very sad. This idea that uh, he has his hopes up big time that they'll create some, you know, someone that'll like him. Yeah, and I'm not even sure that he totally understands the idea of romantic love either. <laughs> the monster. I think he's still kind of in the mode of where he was with the hermit. That you know they'll make him someone that'll be cool like the hermit was and he can just hang out with someone and you know enjoy his life a little bit yeah um, but that is not the case and it's very unfair because in all fairness to the bride she's brand new and she has had no yeah. time to learn anything or become acclimated yeah. to the world she's just immediately thrust in this situation of like hey this is your guy let's do this and they send uh, Dwight Fry out to go get a... Was it a heart, right? Heart, yeah. yes. Pretorius has made a brain, and yes. they have the rest of the body. They've stolen parts and everything, made like, in a body, need, but yeah, they need like, a good heart. We need heart. a fresh heart. So he just yeah. goes out and murders some woman and takes her heart. It's, it's a lady selling flowers on the street. Oh, uh, man. G- Dwight Fry returning. He was Fritz in the original yeah. movie, um, who, strangely, they call a little person at one point. Oh, well, that was in that... The trailer. That trailer we watched, yeah. they were like, you know, the dwarf. Yeah. It's just like, not a dwarf. He's, he's like, not a dwarf. <laughs> he's like a totally regular sized man. Yeah. Had a hunchback. Kind of, you know, he's hunching over a little yeah. bit. But yeah, Dwight Fry returns. He's great uh, as Carl, with a very normal, boring yeah. name, Carl, uh, oh, who is uh, a grave robber yeah. slash murderer for hire. 
And he looks like this character from uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Here, let me pull this up really quick so you can While see. you're looking at that, though, I still think he just looks like Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Without <though>. any... <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is normal. Pretty much looks like, like Dwight Fry in this yeah. movie. His haircut is very unusual. Yeah. Um, he looks a little bit like a yokel, is what you said when you first saw him. Yeah. Okay, so back... Just re- repeat what you were saying about... No, Dwight, Dwight Fry gets a chance to shine once again. Yeah. And he is a uh, grave robber slash murderer for hire that Dr. <laughs> Pretorius is more than happy to uh, employ. Uh, Henry, I think, kind of plays dumb. It's really difficult for me to yeah. believe that he doesn't know what's going on, but uh, Pretorius is totally fine with yeah. it. doesn't give a shit. And what were you saying during the movie about uh, Colin Clive... Like he broke his leg or something? I had heard somewhere, and I forgot where I heard it, that Colin Clive broke his leg horse riding. I don't know if it was before production or during production. And that's why a lot of the movie he's sitting down or in bed or that sort of thing. But the moments where he walks, he doesn't seem to be super impaired to me. He seems pretty normal. So I'm not really sure how true that is or how severe the break is, too. It might have been a very minor you know yeah. uh, tweak type of thing so he, yeah he may have been able to like you know for a second right do something really quick but yeah I did notice he was sitting down a lot of times and everyone else was standing up <laughs> yeah. and I was like oh okay I mean even towards the end when he's in full Dr. Frankenstein mode when he's like uh, you know uh, doing experiments and he has the full get up on and everything he's still sitting at a table doing it yeah. which is kind of weird you know like if he's super into it you, you think he wouldn't just be sitting down yeah but. So they make this bride, and she's like, got cool hair. They they're like they cut, and then she's suddenly she's all wrapped in bandages, and they cut, and then she has crazy hair and like a gown and. Yeah, they have like a very elaborate uh, resurrection scene yeah. or a laboratory scene where they're flying a kite uh, that <laughs> has to be struck, I mean Ben Franklin style, to get struck by lightning and yeah. resurrect her and everything or bring her life. And it's a very elaborate scene with a lot of you know the cool classic. Mad Laboratory site uh, set stuff and everything. Uh, but yeah, they abruptly cut. <laughs> They're like, she's alive, she's alive. Now let me do her hair. You know, and they, <laughs> they cut and then, yeah, when they come back, she's just totally done up. She has like nice clothes on and yeah. it's very, I don't know why they would fix her hair like that, but maybe the implication is once they took the bandages off, her hair was a standing because she'd been shocked. Oh, yeah, you maybe, know, maybe it was the electricity. But uh, or maybe Doctor Pretorius just laboriously did her hair up like that, and he's like, "Oh, splendid!" <laughs> he's getting like a brush out. He's trying to like tease it out. <laughs> <laughs> and and to Doctor Pretorius's credit, for all of his dastardly deeds and everything, he's really excited. Like yeah, he's yeah. very when he introduces her, he is like through the roof and yeah. very doting father style yeah. about it. He's like, oh, we've done it. <laughs> Presenting <gasps> the bride yeah. Frankenstein. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately it does not go over well. She does not speak. She hisses like a swan. Uh, that's what uh, yeah. the, the actress, she said that uh, she based her movements and uh, her hissing noises on swans that she saw at the park. She was like, oh. they're hideous creatures. And, you know, that's what she was going for. Well, I noticed her head movements were very, like, like yeah. a bird. Mm. Have you ever seen uh, that movie Starman with Jeff Bridges? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He, he does the same thing. Like he based kind of his movements on like the way like oh. birds move their heads. But, but uh, she, yeah. she's very obviously very striking, and even though she has very little screen time, she's become one of the most iconic things in like cinema history. Yeah. Definitely horror cinema. Absolutely. And um, she is like, if there's a Mount Rushmore of monsters, she's probably on it. Even though yeah. she hasn't really the character. Excuse me. The character doesn't really get to do a whole lot, yeah. Other than reject the monster, and she's really only in that one movie. Like she's never. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know in Son of Frankenstein, the third movie with Karloff, you know they jump the time. It's like thirty years later, mm-hmm. and they don't really explain what the hell happened in between <laughs> Bride and, and Son. Yeah. Um, but uh, it does kind of make you wonder if like the monster managed to survive, and he has a, in. Why wouldn't the bride manage to survive whatever happened at the end of Bride of Frankenstein? Because she has the same capabilities, I would think. She was made the same way. So it seems like she would be just as tough as the original monster, if not tougher, because she has 
the benefit of two mad scientists working on her. Yeah. So um, it's a shame that they didn't try to bring back the character at some point. She has kind of become a staple of like Halloween too. Like Definitely. I feel like she's very much, and like uh, I have these decorations on my wall from a retro go-go of uh, the monsters. Yeah. And uh, like Lily Munster is clearly in like the her look mm-hmm. like her character is influenced by the Bride of Frankenstein like I feel like uh, the Bride of Frankenstein really influenced a lot of the you know stuff that came later. Well, and, and if you think about Halloween costumes and couples costumes mm-hmm. stuff like that, I mean, obviously, if a man is dressed as the Frankenstein monster and he has a date, then uh, Slam Dunk would be oh yeah the the lady to be the bride or whatever. Yeah. And if you think about it, back in the day, there weren't that many uh, horror icons that were women. So I guess that's maybe why for... I mean, she had, like, the market cornered for, like, a long time until yeah. Final Girl stuff started happening with, like, yeah. Halloween and, uh, you know, the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So, uh. so they... Uh, are they still planning to do the remake? Because um, I know that, well, that Dark Universe thing that they were going to do is kind of not really happening although they are coming out with a new wolfman movie yeah well the invisible man did really well yeah the lee one l uh, invisible man and that's a universal picture mm-hmm. so i think they're gonna try to do that where they make smaller movies that are actually horror movies yeah and yeah now the wolfman with ryan gosling attached uh so i can only imagine that they're gonna roll out more as long as they're hits yeah. And personally, I think that's the way to go is make them yeah. like smaller budget and make them this legit horror instead of trying to make it the Avengers with Universal Monsters. That's yeah, what they were trying for. I agree. Like I thought that Invisible Man movie was so well done. Yeah. And the acting is so great in that movie. But uh, I heard, uh, but weren't they going to do like a, a Bride of Frankenstein movie and like Angelina Jolie or well, something? See, that was, well, that was when or... it was the Dark Universe right. thing with Tom Cruise because mm-hmm. uh, Javier Bardem was going to be the monster yeah. and Angelina Jolie was going to be supposedly the bride. <laughs> but I think that all kind of got jettisoned when uh, the dark universe fell apart. Yeah. Um, kind of a good thing it ended in, in the beginning rather than them making like several movies. Forcing a few more down us. Yeah. yeah. Just like, this isn't working. Yeah. Like, uh, do you think that would be an interesting way to try to an angle to do a new Frankenstein is to start with the bride as the central character and, so she's kind of the lesser... If it's Universal Monsters, I mean, do you think that maybe that would be a good angle to go with instead of just doing a Frankenstein straight? Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, as long as it's written well, yeah. like... Uh, I mean, I'm definitely open for, like, a, a new take on it. You know, yeah. something different and interesting would be really cool. Because, I mean, I feel like... We know the classic stories, and then they've been told and retold, yeah. especially you know Frankenstein. But uh, yeah, I think that'd be I'd be interested in seeing them do, you know, something where like you know, like you were saying, like the bride was first, and then they do. I don't really know how they would do that. I don't know what the storyline well, was that they were cooking up. But. I mean, think of it kind of like in terms of how you know, with the MCU, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. With Spider-Man, they just kind of introduce Spider-Man. He's fully formed, yeah. and you pretty much know his backstory. You don't need it spoon-fed to you. I feel like they can kind of do that with the Frankenstein monster and Frankenstein yeah. at this point. Like, we all know that story, so why not jump in first with the bride oh, and okay. kind of, like, all the other stuff happened, but we don't need it to be shown right. to us necessarily. So that's what they were going to do. It was going to be, like, the bride, like, just assuming the audience already knows who the monster is. I think is so. Really. I think okay. that was going to be the angle. And, and t- to me, that's a great way to do it, just because, again, the bride is the least mind character of all these icons. Yeah. Every other character has had multiple sequels and iterations, but she's the only one that kind of, you know, there's, like, a few offshoots, like a Frankenhooker, for instance, where it's a female <laughs> Frankenstein monster type yeah. of situation. But like the strictly the bride of Universal fame, that iconic look has been used once, pretty much, yeah. and a little bit in Young Frankenstein they play around with it. But I mean, oh yeah, yeah, it's very small. So yeah, I just I see I feel like it's very because I remember when I showed this to uh, Kia back in the day, well back in the day a few years ago, mm-hmm. she was pretty excited about it. And I didn't realize she was excited to see the bride do something. Yeah. So when we watched the whole thing at the end, she was like, "That's seriously all she does is." <laughs> 
she shows she up, screams. <laughs> she screams, and then the monster murders her. Yeah. You know, she was like, I thought that like they had a relationship, and yeah, you know, because if you think about it in pop culture, you see all these paintings and artwork of the monster and the bride like hanging out on the beach and mm-hmm. having a good time with each other, and it's like, yeah. no, in the movie. He murders her. He yeah. is introduced to her. She rejects him, and he gets upset and kills yeah. kills her. And it's just kind of weird because in pop culture, you think of them as being a couple, yeah, but they're not at all. It's yeah. you know, he, it's a murder suicide situation. <laughs> so. I also wonder if a lot of that comes from people who just have never seen the movie and don't know anything about it. So they're just like, yeah, yeah Bride of Frankenstein. That means they got they got married and they were like a couple in the movie, right? No, I've seen the picture of them standing next to each other. They think of the monsters and they think yeah. of fun stuff yeah. and Halloween stuff. And that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kia was just like super disappointed. And, and uh, you know, and, and it really kind of made it, made me look at it from a different angle. Yeah. I, I guess I'd never really considered it that way. Because if you're a woman that wants to get into these movies and you think, oh, this is the one that features like, you know, it's like a monster that's a woman. That's kind of cool. I'm yeah. going to check this out. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like and four and a half like, minutes, you like, know? Oh, yeah, this movie was made in the 30s when, like, <laughs> you know, men saw women as, you know, like secondary or something. So, yeah, it's, just, it's crazy just how much things have changed yeah. in those terms. So I definitely think it's time for The Bride of Frankenstein to shine. I would love to see a remake uh, or a new take on it where, like, the bride gets the, the spotlight. She yeah. finally gets to be like this, you know. So when people like Kia who are excited to see, like, what does a bride do? You know, right. like, uh, we actually get to see her do something cool. And she, yeah, you know. yeah, give that character a voice. I mean, yeah. I think it'd be a fascinating character, too, because she was literally created. It's like a uh, mail order bride that <laughs> yeah. you made, you know. So I can only imagine what she's thinking, what she kind of realizes her purpose and everything mm-hmm. and she rejects it and yeah. you know like does the monster still hate her does Frankenstein himself hate her for you know going against you know his wishes and mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a really fun not I mean maybe not even fun maybe it could be a serious uh, deep dive type of situation so yeah. I think it could be very much made in the mold of Invisible Man too yeah. where it has a message but it's just not uh, force-fed to you maybe so yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of potential there, and I'm yeah. I would love to see them explore that, you know, as soon as they can start making movies again. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I'd love to see someone do uh, Doctor Pretorius too. I, oh, I hope yeah. that if they do a Bride movie, that that they bring that character back too, because he's another great one where he had so much to do with this movie and is never brought back up, <laughs> yeah. like in sequels or remakes or whatever they no one ever brings up Victoria's, yeah so. it's really too bad because he's such a great character yeah. and that actor's really great in the movie yeah. he's really funny um, yeah they should definitely uh, bring Pretorius back and it the more like we, Thelma Louise but it's yeah. the bride and Pretorius yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. being chased we, by the monster in Frankenstein the more we talk about this the more I really want to see them like do justice to the bride of Frankenstein yeah. so no it's a very I, iconic well yeah. done uh, character and I, I mean I love the the original movie uh, but uh, I don't know I think like in the right hands this could be really it could be really cool you know reboot or whatever yeah. so you, going back to uh, James Well uh, inadvertently putting in you know homosexuality into this movie or themes mm-hmm. of being gay um, also if you think about it uh, the Frankenstein monster you know, when he's rejected by his own mate, he basically is like, okay, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill Dr. Pretorius, but you can leave with your wife and have a normal life. That's the, that's the, that's the, uh, what do you call it? Trade off here. If I let you live, you go with your wife and you have a kid the normal way. Mm -hmm. Instead of creating these, these fake artificial humans, you, you do it the old fashioned way God intended. Yeah. So it's almost kind of like, I'm going to kill Dr. Pretorius, your gay lover, and uh, you go with the woman and be normal. Huh. And, you know what I mean? So it's there's a little bit of that going on. Uh, but maybe I'm, I might be reaching a little bit there. But maybe like reading into it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, for sure. And, and, yeah. and in all fairness, if James Well wasn't a gay man, I don't know how much I would have thought of that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's kind of something that was on my brain when we were watching it tonight. But, uh, huh. but I do think that that's, that is the trade-off, even without the homosexual... Uh, subtext or whatever is basically Frankenstein's monster going be a normal guy go leave 
and be with your wife. Mm -hmm. I don't get to have that, but you can. So I'm going to let you, you know, get out of here. He's like, I'm an abomination. I was (laughs) sewn together from dead body parts. And this dude is weird. (laughs) What's his name again? (laughs) Pretorius. Uh. Oh, are you talking about me, Pretorius? (laughs) I was just laughing maniacally to myself to a pile of bones when you walked in. Yeah, I'm killing this guy. Let's you get out of here. <laughs> little do we know, uh, the monster survived, found a fur coat, yeah, and became friends with a guy with a broken neck, and that leads us to son of Frankenstein, yeah, who somehow knew the original Frankenstein. Yes, he worked with them, even though we never actually saw that on screen. Uh, <laughs> maybe uh, he was like a groundskeeper. Maybe Frankenstein after the events of Bride of Frankenstein. Maybe uh, Fritz and whatever that. What was the character's name? Carl. Maybe Carl. Fritz and Carl are like in the same family, and Igor is a part of that family too. <laughs> yes, my whole family. We we worked for the Frankenstein. Do not ask why I have crazy accent, and they do not. Uh, I am Igor. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it could happen. Fritz and Carl. Yes, they are my cousins. <laughs> but uh, what, what's your overall rating for a bride? Oh, um, I really like it. I love it. I think it's a good movie. Uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it an A. Yeah. A solid A. Definitely give it a solid A. And I think it's definitely on par, if not slightly better than the original. Um, definitely has a different tone because I think the original is going for straight up horror Mm -hmm. and this is, uh, again, kind of a comedic horror, um, it's a lot sort of lighthearted of, moments. Sort of like Evil Dead 2. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's a great yeah. analogy, actually, yeah. in comparison. And I have to admit, like, I go back and forth about which one is my favorite of the Karloff uh, Frankenstein movies, if it's Bride or Son. Because mm. when we watched Son recently for Half-Ass Horrorcast, I kind of started to go, oh, man, I think I like Son more because yeah. of uh, Igor and Bela Lugosi. Yeah. But, man, Bride has Pretorius. It has <laughs> Colin Clive. I mean, it's just... Uh, pretty great so it might be i don't know i might go back and forth on that one so yes a from us uh by the way something i should have mentioned at the top of the podcast is uh a friend uh mark oestas Mm -hmm. uh tennessee mark uh a listener of ours and friend of ours he let me know that uh peacock has all the universal monster movies uh, streaming so if you have comcast you have peacock and i think peacock is available just to get as a streaming service in general yeah, um, I think it's available on everything except for uh, the thing that I have, which is Roku. Roku, and, will, yeah. And uh, I think uh, Amazon Fires, really? whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's on there. Well, that's probably because Comcast is so wrapped up in it. Yeah, I think it's it's all like a big money issue. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article about it online, and I was like, oh, man, they also have the Savage Dragon cartoon. <laughs> I can't watch that. But, but if you have Comcast, uh, you definitely have Peacock. So that means you have all Universal Monster movies yeah. at your disposal, like literally all of them. So uh, definitely check out Bride. If, yeah. uh, and I don't even think you necessarily need to watch the original if you want to just jump in. And watch Brian Frankenstein. I think you'd yeah. be good to go. Yeah, because so. they, they they do a recap at the beginning. Oh yeah, so you're all you're all set. <laughs> yeah, you can go for it. So it's highly recommended to, yeah. to check out. Absolutely. And uh, just found out. I just randomly like went to Trick or Treat Studios website yesterday or the day before, and the Carla Frankenstein mask is already sold out. Yeah. Like the pre order is sold out. So like the mask hasn't even been released yet, and it's already sold out. So. <sighs> It's a, there's a big demand for Frankenstein masks out there. So. That's cool, though. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, I got the Glenn Strange one because that's, that's the one I prefer as far as this, the mask look and everything. And I was shocked. I was like, whoa, the, 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 the Karloff one is sold out. Yeah, I'm, so. uh, I think it's awesome. And it's also, like for years, I'm like, oh, man, wouldn't it be awesome if Trick or Treat Studios made like a really good Frankenstein monster yeah. mask? And they finally did. And like you can tell just from the... Just the buzz online and also the fact that it's already sold out and hasn't even been released yet that, uh, you know, people really wanted like a really good Frankenstein monster mask. And so I even like cleared off space on my shelf so that I can like have a place to put them (laughs) when I get when they get here in September. So I'm excited about it. Well, speaking of things to be excited about, for one thing, Reese's has a lot of new uh, candy this year. Yeah. And one of them is a Franken cup. So it is a uh, 
peanut butter cup with a uh, green like a uh, cream I guess top oh, okay. I've heard that it just tastes just like a totally normal Reese's oh okay but regardless it is a green Reese's cup yeah. called a Franken cup so get excited people Frankenstein 2020 Halloween baby Frankenstein candy and earlier when I went to the grocery store I picked up some Reese's pumpkins which are a staple of Halloween oh, every yeah. year and it's going to be our first Halloween candy yeah. of 2020. That's right. We're going to eat them on air. We're going to usher in Halloween 2020, the weirdest Halloween in history, probably. <laughs> or one of the weirdest. And then, uh, you know, of course, the the cup itself doesn't really resemble a jack-o'-lantern in any way. <laughs> it has a stem, you know. But it tastes good. Mm. That's excellent. Cheers. 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 Halloween 2020. Yeah. What are we going to do on Halloween this year? Because, like, with the pandemic, a lot of things, we won't, we probably won't get to go in any haunted houses. We might not even open any of them. Mm. Halloween Horror Nights got canceled. Did you see that? Oh, did it? Man. Yep. What a disappointment. That means we're going to have to create our own unique Halloween experiences at home. And I'm actually kind of excited by that idea to, like, we get to be creative. We don't... I don't feel the pressure to do anything crazy this year, which is good. Yeah. I, I kind of... How do you feel about exterior decor now? Are you still going to do exterior Halloween decor? Um, I kind of want to, and I kind of don't. I don't know. Like, um, There's things going on in my personal life mm. <laughs> where I uh, normally would be like, yeah, I'm just going to go all out because why not? You know. But now I'm just like, well... Who, who cares? <laughs> I'm a, like a 40 year old man by myself, like in this in this house that's like I'm surrounded by like a lot of elderly people, elderly people in this neighborhood. So it's like who's gonna even care? Don't really like, freak them out. Yeah, I'm kind of worried if if you do like elaborate exterior stuff that it's gonna lure trick or treaters and people that don't care about the pandemic. Oh yeah, and that might be kind of weird too because I don't know. I mean, as we get closer, I think we'll have a better idea of what is recommended. I don't know if I'm just going to leave a bowl out for people or if maybe I will wear a mask and hand out candy and just kind of go with it. Or, I, you know, I'm not sure. You should, uh, your Halloween costume this year should be the My Bloody Valentine guy with like the gas mask <laughs> thing. I don't think anyone would understand what I'm doing. Hand out candy. <laughs> They'd just be like, oh, this guy's taking it really seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just, I love Halloween, but I'm all for, you know, canceling it if need be, you know, and just mm -hmm. not sweating it. And like you're describing doing your own thing and, yeah, yeah you know, it's going to be maybe a Saturday not, night. That's kind of a rough. Maybe not canceling Halloween necessarily, but maybe just not the trick or treat part. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. The, the kid part of it is going to be different, you yeah. know, so. That's the thing is like, if, if you have kids, you kind of have to come up with a new creative idea this year to to uh still make the day special which i think you know i think you can still do like i i mean i just already have like ideas in my mind like oh sure. you could do all these different you can have your own little maze in your house or mm -hmm. whatever you know so uh yeah get creative think of something fun to do with the kids <laughs> or like if you don't have kids you know you can do a marathon of your favorite universal monster movies or go. whatever movies you want to do or i don't know there's all kinds of fun things you could yeah, come simpsons up with, so. treehouse of horror oh yeah stuff i mean i mean some of my favorite halloweens too have been pretty laid back ones where i just stayed at home and watched movies and you know didn't yeah. worry too much about the outside world yeah. so exactly there's um, a there's a plethora of things to watch on on uh, on streaming like oh, like yeah. the like creep show TV series you rewatch that oh yeah I just got that on Blu-ray <laughs> well what is next for freaking pod I I have a suggestion but I want to hear what you have to say well the next movie is Son of Frankenstein but we've already done a podcast on that yes so maybe we could uh, just recommend people go listen to that episode and then we could go right to Ghost of Frankenstein or should we do a filler in between? I thought and this is this, we might cut this because you may not want to do this um, there is a movie starring Ian McKellen called Gods and Monsters where he plays James Wells hmm. and it's basically like you know, James Wells last days or whatever 
And since James Well, you know, directed the first two movies and we're moving on, maybe yeah. it'd be kind of a neat thing to do Gods and Monsters and talk a little bit about James Well or whatever, and then pick up the Universal Monsters from there, kind of figure out. Yeah. We could also kind of maybe uh, bring in Son of Frankenstein briefly in that episode. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, go on to Ghost after that, maybe. Yeah. So. I'm down. That sounds okay. good. I didn't so, even know that movie existed. Oh, it's it's an interesting one. It, it's good. Um, Ian McKellen and uh, Brendan Fraser, I think, are the big stars in it. Okay. It's from the late 90s. <laughs> so, possibly next episode, 90% chance, um, Gods and Monsters from mm-hmm. 1998. I'm not sure where it's streaming. It was on Prime. I think it moved. So... But it's 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 a pretty mainstream movie, so you'll yeah, be able to find it. So we still need to uh, go back and do the the regular episode of Half Ass Horrorcast yes. on the Gate. Yeah, the Gate is the next regular Half Ass Horrorcast episode, and we'll probably do that first. So I, I've had people asking if Kia is not doing the podcast anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Irish Mark actually was mm-hmm. like, uh, "I miss Kia. When when's she coming back?" So. It's it, it's not like that. I mean, we're we're gonna right. do the regular podcast soon, and yeah, this was just like an offshoot. This yeah. is supposed to be like little mini episodes. We've already been recording for over an hour, <laughs> but we'll cut it down. Bit. So yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, you filthy animals. <laughs> Say, stay safe out there with the force of a thousand maniacs. Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at Horrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, HalfAssedHorrorcast.com. Horrorcast.com.